five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we got about to. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. And here we go. Thank you, Jerry. Jerry! I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! (laughs) With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. And that's why they are the home team. I want to remind you to head on over to the website, mattwyattmedia.com, and uh, sign up for the Football Talk Dinner Series coming to a town near you. Over the next uh, couple of months, September, October, during the football season, we'll have dinner together if you'll come on out and join me. We're going to Vicksburg, Starkville, Tupelo, Jackson, and Hattiesburg. Tickets still available right now. Just go to mattwyattmedia.com and go to the Events tab. You'll be able to buy your ticket right there. Uh, Coming to Jackson on October the 3rd, Char Restaurant. We will talk football. We will go over some X's and O's, some scouting reports on teams and opponents, and watch a little film together while we stuff our face, me and you, Looking forward to it. Again, mattwyattmedia.com. Go to the events tab. Hey, Roger. How you hey, doing, hey. sir? I'm fantastic. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Y'all hear that? A beautiful day for a neighbor. Roger is Would doing fantastic. It is a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beautiful <laughs> Trying to live up to that hype you just put up. The hyperbowl. <laughs> the hyperbowl. <laughs> All right. So um, y'all can be a part of the neighborhood today. Call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. That's pretty big territory, amen? Amen. They've been doing it better, longer, than anybody else in the country in terms of offering all these uh, great products from Kubota to you right here at home. So y'all go see them in Madison and in uh, Jackson. And I've mentioned this to you, but, you know, this time of year at Divinity, they get geared up for the hunter. So I'm not talking about just the little things, you know, the, the tree stands, uh, the seats, the boots, all that stuff. Not just that, but the, the big stuff, too. Like I'm talking about pallets of <laughs> corn and Rice brand and everything else. And then, of course, the ATVs. And so make sure you head on out there and see them if you get that opportunity. Do it very soon. Do it. All right. Roger, I have a question for you. Yeah. Had a caller had a question. Oh, he did? What was it? I didn't see the caller. It was, well, no, he, he popped in, just wanted me to ask for him. Okay. Uh, he, he said, is this just for Mississippi State people or is this, are you going to be breaking down oh, it's everybody. other 
every other school. Yeah, you can bring Southern, Ole Miss. That's right. It's everything. If you'll like, let me give you a good example. Okay, the final event on the football talk dinner series. It, well, I say the final one, the the last one on the schedule right now. We may add some later in the year, like DeSoto County, maybe up in South Haven. We're, you know, talking through that right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, the final one on the schedule is October the fifteenth, um, in Hattiesburg at the Purple Parrot. Oh yeah, you got to hit some. Yeah. down there. Yeah. Well, well, see the thing is though, when you look at that week, for instance, Roger, that'll be the week of. And I know we're gonna. I can hear. I know we're gonna have to go over this again. Um, but for the purposes of our folks listening in Vicksburg and in Batesville and online right now, um, that's the week that Southern Miss is getting ready to host Louisiana Tech. Okay, there will not be a bigger Conference USA game on the schedule uh, throughout the year. Not a bigger one anyway than Southern Miss hosting La Tech, and that'll be the Saturday after we meet down there in Hattiesburg. That is also the same week that State will be getting ready to host LSU. <laughs> it's also the same a lot week. Of Louisiana intrigue. That's right. And it's also the same week that Ole Miss will be getting ready to host Texas A&M, who has got high expectations. And But look, if they go to Oxford and don't play well, they may lose. So, for instance, that's one when we go to the Purple Parrot in Hattiesburg where <clears throat> we start talking about scouting reports and looking at what's going on. You're going to have a good half of the season, really more than half of the season, under your belt. Things will have really shaped up, and we're going to know exactly what those weekends are going to mean. So I'm just so using all as, home games that that, well, that, that weekend. That's right, that particular week. And cool. Let me know when we're back up too for our folks in Jackson because I want to. You're back up. You just okay. flipped. We had a we had a uh, EAS test. Okay, kind right. of a quickie. So okay. the test is over. So yes. for folks listening in Jackson on the zone, uh, what I was saying is, if you use that week that we're going to go for the uh, football dinner, uh, football talk dinner in Hattiesburg, it's October fifteenth at the Purple Parrot in Hattiesburg. That is the week that Southern Miss will be getting ready to host Louisiana Tech, a huge conference USA game. It's the same week that State will be getting ready to host LSU, and also that week Ole Miss will get, be getting ready to host Texas A&M. So, you know, if I've got an Ole Miss fan, a State fan, and a Southern Miss fan in the room that night in Hattiesburg, which we will have, th- there's more than enough for everybody, I promise you, especially with more than half of the season under our belts at that time. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, when we come to Jackson on October 3rd, um. You know, you look, you're you're you'll have a full month and plus one under your belt of the season. And in Jackson, it's Jackson's always just been kind of a melting pot of everybody. You know, state fans, uh, Ole Miss fans, Southern Miss fans, Alabama, everybody. So anybody is welcome. And I will tell you, yes, we'll get into scouting report and we'll kind of talk, you know, about the current thing. We will watch some plays and go over and break down some X's and O's. But a big purpose in it, too, is on a, on a base level, when you as a fan are watching football on television, you know, maybe you can come away from this having learned a little something that you didn't know before. That helps you the next time you watch a game, you'll recognize it, help you kind of understand what's going on. So I think it would just be fun, and yes, it is for everybody. Um, the Football Talk Dinner Series, again, mattwyattmedia.com, go to the events page. All right, so here's the question. You said a listener had a question. I was about to pose one to you, Roger. I'm ready. Go ahead. 
open-ended. I, I guess it is leading a little bit, but there's no wrong answer. Just put it this way. Regarding referees, football referees, okay, and football referees in the SEC, if you were to look at, let's just say, a roster of all the referees involved in SEC games, all of them, then what do you think would be the best way to decide where those referees should be from? Like, oh. like if, you were, if you were looking at the roster and the Southeastern Conference is 14 schools in, what is it, 12 states? Yeah. Or, or 10 or 11 what, states, well, whatever, the, whatever the breakdown is. Actually, it would be, well, no, I guess it would be 10 states or 11 states. But anyway, of that area, the, the SEC footprint, geographically, where, what should the makeup of the roster of SEC officials be geographically? Like, how would you answer that? Well, I guess uh, optimally they would be spread out evenly. Okay. Amongst all those, but I have a feeling they're not. Okay, right. You say, okay, spread out evenly. And right. then... And, and then, then not assigned to in, in games in your state. Or where okay. You, yeah. But it gets complicated because maybe you moved, but you're in a, mm-hmm. you went to Alabama and you've moved to Kentucky. Okay, you're touching on something that I wonder what people listening to this show, if they agree. So you touched on it, and then I'm going to give you some information, and we're going to be off and running on this topic. If you're listening right now, you can text me at 885-ESPN or 885-3776. That is the text number. The 601 number, 885-ESPN. And I gave you, I think I gave you the Divini phone, 995-1059. You can call me there. I'd love to hear your voice on the Divini phone, 995-1059. That is also a 601 number. And Roger touched on it. Should referees who are from or living in a certain state in the SEC footprint be allowed to officiate games in that state? We're not talking about crooked referees. That's not what this is about. Strictly from a design and a structure standpoint for the league. Best practices. Exactly. Thank you, Roger. Man's been around a while. He's heard a lot of terms. Best practices. From a best practices standpoint, should referees from a certain state be able to officiate games in that state? Should referees in Mississippi, from Mississippi, living in Mississippi, should they be officiating games at State and Ole Miss? Conversely, what about a guy from Alabama? Should he be refereeing, officiating a game at Alabama or Auburn? I'm just curious what people think. Now, Roger, you help me on this. Again, I'll lean on your experience because in, in my experience, numbers are really hard to consume sometimes on the radio if it's not done the right way. So get me on track if I get off track here. But let's start here. If you look at the Southeastern Conference states in the footprint by population, Texas is obviously the biggest state in the SEC footprint. Mm -hmm. Right? So we have Texas A&M now, and so Texas is officially an SEC state. Well, they obviously have more people. 
The next most populated state is Florida. By the way, that's the second and third most populated states in the country. I'm going to guess it goes to Georgia. Georgia is the third most populated state in the SEC footprint. Then Tennessee, I bet. Right. We're just looking at the footprint here. That's right. You're looking at then Tennessee. Then Kentucky. Then Missouri. Ah, okay. Then South Carolina. And then look at this. Let's let's go right here. At the bottom of the list, Mississippi is the least populated state in the SEC footprint. Mississippi is ranked 34th out of all the states in the United, you know, in, in the country. There are cities in Texas with more right. people than we are. Yeah. All right. Three hump camel. Thank you. I appreciate it. I need this every now and then. I need a good swift kick in the pants. Three hump camel on the text line says, Matt, get to the point. Here it is. <laughs> Alabama is the 24th most populated state in the country. They are the 7th most populated state in the SEC. Out of 11. But 27 SEC officials are from and live in the state of Alabama. Far more than any other state in the SEC footprint. There are 145 total referees in the SEC. 27 are from Alabama. By far the most of any state in the SEC footprint. So the the seventh biggest state overall, just in terms of number of people, you want a comparison? You say, well, maybe it's off just because the offices are there. Well, hold on. Look at Louisiana. What about the state of Louisiana? Let's talk to LSU fans for a minute. The state of Louisiana. Alabama is the 24th biggest state in the country. You know what Louisiana is? 25th. <laughs> there are a grand total of eight SEC officials from Louisiana. The two states are basically the same size. Okay, and we talk about numbers of people. Now, certainly Alabama has two teams in it from in the league, okay? But the SEC offices are there in two places the same size, both in the SEC footprint. There are eight officials from Louisiana and 27 from Alabama. How does that land on you? I mean, is it just me or is that way out of whack? <clears throat> Seriously, let me put it another way. You would have to add up, combine the number of SEC officials from Georgia and Louisiana and Mississippi to come within one of the number of SEC officials from the state of Alabama. Does not does anybody else see how like out of balance that is? And what about the white hat officials. You know, the crew chief, the umpire, the main man. He's the captain of the crew. What about those? There are nine white hat officials for the entire league. Nine officiating crews, nine white hats. Four of them are from the state of Alabama. Figure that one out. Basically half, or close to it, half of the white hat officials in the SEC from Alabama 
one of the smallest states we have. We're really counting on there. Having well, what strong I'm strong character. Well, I, we are. If they could tilt, they could really tilt them. Well, and again, best practices. Yeah. Again, Steve Shaw stood up at the podium at SEC Media Days. He's the director of officiating in the SEC, and he stood up there and he said, "We have honorable people who working on our officiating crews." And guess what? I believe that. I don't think you have a bunch of crooks. The problem is. When you start looking at things that are just facts and reality, how could the league expect fans not to come up with theories? What I'm saying is as, an, as a conference, they have not gone through best practices to, to try and avoid conspiracy stuff. Again, I'm not calling them crooks. I'm saying they shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have 27 of your officials, by far the most. The closest would be 22 from the state of Tennessee. One of the larger states in the country with two teams in it. Sure, there ought to be 22 maybe from Tennessee. Consider where they are. Is it because it's equidistance? Is that what it is? Are we saying that the state of Alabama, is it's easier travel for guys from Alabama to get to all parts of the league? Is that it? And well, if that's the case, you know, then I get over to, well, if that's the reason, then why are they officiating games in Alabama? Yeah, the best solution would be to bring them, bring them in from another part of the country, and vice versa. The best solution is to have less officials from Alabama and more from other states, and to figure out they got all the money in the world. The conference got all the money in the world. Figure out a way to pay these guys and take care of their travel, so that. They are not officiating games for teams in the state they live in. Because I got news for you. If you work at a bank and you go to church in Podunk, Alabama, blow a call against Alabama and, and see how your week goes. I'm not stupid. Help them avoid it. All right. A whole lot of stuff on the text line. Then I'm coming to Mountain Dog. He's on the Divini phone. Mountain Dog, give me just like 30 seconds here to read these. Um... Got one text here. I don't think I have a name, but it says nepotism at its best. Bama in Madison says, how many of the Bama officials moved to the state to be closer to the main office? Maybe it did happen. But my point remains, Bama, that I'm not calling them dishonorable people. I'm just saying, how is their week going to go if one of those 27 officials were to blow a call against Alabama or to you know, make a call for the other team. What's their week going to be like if they're living in, you know, Shelby County? What's their week going to be like if they work at a bank in Prattville? I can tell you because they used to live there. Tyler says it's called insurance, Matt. Three hump camel. SEC, it just means more. If you're from Alabama. It just means more. Hey, give me that woman that saw saving getting off the plane. You have that oh, here? Give me just a second. I'll okay. get that for you. Ready? Here we go. Let's oh, do it. God, we love him. Woo! <laughs> 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 yeah, we balling, baby. We balling. <laughs> I just can't get enough of that. It is I fantastic. I love her. She's enthusiastic. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Mountain Dog on the Divinity phone. What's up, Mountain Dog? Thanks for calling. Well, I thought I'd call you because you got so much bull up here in Tupelo. 
Could you see if they'll put an overpass by the railroad tracks? <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> I am with you. I will donate today. Uh, to, are, are you, you at Crosstown? <laughs> are you at Crosstown? Oh, I, I am. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go on over there to Poncho's and grab a bite. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. Anyway, that's not why I called. Okay. Uh, but I do want to talk about what you just talked about. They need to move the damn SEC office out of Birmingham. That's another bunch of hooey. But uh, but anyway, I was wondering, when do you think Joe's going to announce the starting quarterback? Or has he already? I've been so busy this week yeah. up here. Uh, no announcement that I know of. There is a scrimmage Saturday morning that is closed to everybody. Uh, I think it'll be the final kind of dress rehearsal in a lot of ways. Um, my guess, my best guess, Monday they will have their normal pregame press conference. You know how every Monday of a game week that he, he's on the SEC Network and takes questions? Um, he'll preview the opponent. This will be the first one for the year on Monday. My guess is that's when he will announce it. And, and I can just go ahead and tell you, Mountain Dog, it's going to be Tommy Stevens. Oh, I know it is. I'm just ready for the announcement to get this crap over with. Yeah. Okay. So, Mountain Dog, music hey, started. Hey, real quickly, real quickly, All right. real quickly, the, the Twitter deal that you put out, I'm going to register for that when I get back home. Yeah. In Jackson. Please do. And other people really need to take take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be an awesome time. Well, thank you, and, and I agree. I think we will have a good time together. All right, I'll look forward to seeing you. Thank you. Start working on that overpass for me. <laughs> I'll do my best. Yeah, we need one in the worst way here, but I don't think it's happening anytime soon, Mountain Dog, unfortunately. Just getting started. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show with you on Thursday. Spinning the conspiracy. Is that what I'm doing? That's not what I meant. I mean, the numbers are the numbers, and I'm just asking questions. Not everybody probably agrees. Let me me rephrase that. Let me switch the words around. Probably not everybody agrees that if you're from a certain state, you ought not officiate a game in that state. You know, the SEC has the rule, the long-standing rule, that you can't referee a game for your alma mater, you know, for a team that you played. You know, but I think they could tighten that up. I, I know that over the years they wanted to be flexible in certain cases, trust all your officials and and be flexible. So, like, you could play for one school and referee a game for the other. Like, there's a former Alabama quarterback who is a white hat official. His name is David Smith. For the record, too, like, I don't, he's not a white hat who you ever hear anything about making mistakes. Like, he's really good, <laughs> I believe. But David Smith, former, um, Alabama quarterback is one of the white hat officials, and he can't and does not referee Alabama games. But he can sure as heck referee an Auburn one. 
<laughs> and we recognize rivalries, right? Make it is it the fact that he's from so far back? Does yeah. that make people feel better? But would it, how nervous would they be at Auburn? You know, okay, who's going to be the white hat today? AJ McCarron, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he's going to be completely. Yeah, and see, that's what I'm saying. You know, you wouldn't want to put him in that position. I wouldn't. Right. And when you and I and look, it is a juggling act. Okay, it is. It's a. You juggling can have a subconscious act. bias. You, I think that is possible, and. What you're what you're hoping and what the league counts on. Let's let's look at other facts. Is you're counting on the fact that these are nine. Oh wait, eight man crews. Okay, one official is just one of eight in any particular ball game. You know, and so I've given out these numbers and saying like twenty seven officials in the league are from Alabama, the most of any state, and but they're not all in the same crew. So that's another reason that I'm not throwing this out there as saying they are crooked or the officials from Alabama are crooked. Because even if there was a crooked official, he's got to get it past seven other guys on his officiating crew to pull something off. The problem is it's out of whack. It's not best practices. And so, from the standpoint of the SEC, they need to guard against conspiracies and these kind of theories and stuff like that by changing it up. you got to do a little bit better job than this. <clears throat> you know, 22 officials from Tennessee. Well, heck, Tennessee is the 16th biggest state in the entire country. Okay, so you got a bunch from Tennessee. Fine, there's two schools up there. Okay, fine. I'm not sure how many schools matters. The league has 18 officials from Texas. All right, now that Texas A&M the league got 18 officials from Texas, guess what? Texas is the second biggest state in the whole country. But what doesn't make sense is for a top 10 state population-wise, like Georgia, we only have 11 officials in the SEC from Georgia compared to 27 from Alabama. Tell me how that makes sense. It just doesn't make any sense. 27 officials in the league from Alabama, 22 from Tennessee, 18 from Texas, Florida, 14, Georgia, 11, Arkansas, 9. Only eight officials from Louisiana, a state that's just basically the same size as Alabama. And then seven officials each from Kentucky, Mississippi, You also have seven from North Carolina, six from South Carolina, four from Missouri, and one each from Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, Indiana, and Maryland. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment Phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. What's up, Oliver? Can we take this a step further? Uh, Do you remember the Alabama game against Mississippi State last year and eventually came out that it was ruled to not be a touchdown and then the rip and then... Something came out that uh, the ref was alumni of Alabama. What do you think about uh, ref uh, being an alumni of their own school uh, and refereeing that game? I think it they should they shouldn't, and they should even and even a, a state like a, a ref shouldn't referee from Alabama and Auburn 
And see, hey, and listen, uh, Oliver. Uh, that's, that's what I. That's the question that I kind of started with. Is I just, I wonder if we shouldn't move. The league shouldn't move to a scenario where you're saying, look, if you live in a certain state, then you're not going to officiate games in that state. We're going to send everybody out of state, and the league has the money to do that. That's kind of what I started with. And Oliver, to kind of clean up what you were mentioning, this is what I'm aware of is last year in that Mississippi State-Alabama game in Tuscaloosa, uh, the Kylan Hill touchdown, they ruled a block in the back that was a phantom call. He didn't block anybody in the back. The guy who threw that flag was an official from Texas who had officiated in the Alabama State game the year before. That official from Texas didn't officiate any games the last two weeks of the year, so they effectively suspended him for a couple of weeks, but you didn't hear anything about that publicly. Two years ago, in Starkville, there was a no-call on a receiver for Alabama going out of bounds on his own and then coming back in and catching the ball, which you can't do. The official threw his hat down, acknowledging that he saw the receiver go out of bounds, but when it turned into a 90-yard play, that official picked his hat back up, put it back on, and there was nothing ever said about it, which is not at all the procedure. And the official who did that was a guy named Skelton, whose dad played quarterback for Bear Bryant at Alabama and so and lives in the state of Alabama and works at a bank and those kinds of things. So that's kind of the facts behind some of what you were mentioning there. And what I think is they need to avoid putting fans and officials in that situation with, I think, changing how they assign games. They need more officials. They need every week to have a, an officiating crew who's got an open week not officiating games and have enough instead of 147 officials pay more and have enough that you can send them around and eliminate any of that kind of nepotism, any of that kind of, you know, even questioning whether or not there's some homerism going on. Oliver, thank you for your call, buddy. Call me anytime. Mother Sean. Have a good day. You too. Um, Tyler says on the text line at 885-ESPN, Make a call that costs Bama. Don't think for a moment people in Alabama wouldn't pull their business from uh, from you over it. And, yeah, not just Alabama, though. I mean, like Kentucky. Have you, have you ever seen what Kentucky basketball fans did to an official a couple of years ago? Remember that? People got sued. There was some official made a call against Kentucky basketball, and the people up there um, put his name, his phone number, his business address. He owned a roofing company. They went onto his company Facebook page, Roger, and left hundreds upon hundreds of negative reviews. Kind of ruined his business on Facebook where he got a lot of referrals and stuff. And yeah, it was rough over a call in a basketball game. I mean, so <clears throat> if we want to talk about the way fans behave, I think Alabama football fans got a long way to go to catch Kentucky basketball fans collectively. What's this text you're talking about? The ref who played at Kentucky tackled the South Carolina quarterback <laughs> during a game? Yeah, that's sad, I'll, Reb, uh, texting that in. Listen, I re- that's right. There is an official from Kentucky uh, that played at Kentucky, Roger, and he was like the middle judge, you know, where you're standing behind a linebacker? Yeah. And a receiver was coming across the middle, and this guy was – so, you know, instead of like just diving out of the way, he kind of stood his ground expecting the receiver to go around him, but he didn't. And when the receiver ran into him, he just flattened it. 
Like this is a, this is a big guy, you know. And it was like boom, and uh, and it really was a freak thing. But I did see it happen. Yeah, I think I was watching the game live when it happened. Stick around. On today's edition of listeners hearing what they want to hear, I give you a text. We feature a text from Boo Shaker on the text line, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Boo Shaker says, We are on the precipice of the 2019 football season and y'all are harping on calls from two years ago? Well, I, I like the prose, though. Very well, well done. Hey, and look, he spelled precipice right. Absolutely. Boo Shaker, define harping. I'm serious. Define it. Define You mentioned harp. it as an example of what you were talking about. <laughs> That's what, exactly what I did. <laughs> A call from two years ago got literally about 10 seconds of airtime in the first 40 minutes of the show. Literally. <laughs> And Boo Shaker says, harping on it from calls two years ago. But I thank you for the text and the content, Boo Shaker, because it was an interesting way to start this part of the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening. That's right. You know, sometimes sane people with good, solid ideas are just flat out boring. We need something off the wall every now and then. Here's a text that says, are they increasing the use of replay in order to correct such calls or non-calls? Just asking your opinion. And here's another thing. I, You know, well, replay supposed to. Yeah, supposed to. But see, here's what led me to think about all this today, Boo Shaker. Is uh, my friend, Ross Dellinger, an excellent writer. Has worked his way up the media ladder. He's now writing for Sports Illustrated. And he had... An article that Sports Illustrated tweeted it this morning. Y'all can read it at Ross Dellinger about an officiating crew for the SEC who's working with some Georgia scrimmages and stuff here in the preseason to try to get better. And they got a rookie on the crew, and he's they're trying to get everything worked into shape for the season, practicing basically just like a football team. Talked about them and where they're from. The tweet that he sent out said, an accountant, an insurance salesman, an elected official, two retirees, and three educators. This is James Carter's SEC officiating crew. Well, it just so happens that James Carter and his crew were the folks officiating the Egg Bowl last year. Yep. And in the article, you know, Ross said that they've been a really good crew as evidenced by their postseason assignments and stuff over the years. And, I, and I'm, I'm like, that's fine to call them a, a great crew, but they whiffed in that Egg Bowl. And two things in the story. <laughs> Ross said the brawl. They had a they were officiating when there was a brawl in that game last year. And I, first of all, that was not a brawl. I've seen brawls, real ones. That ain't it. A whole lot of nothing is what it was. You know it and I know it. Like tackle practice. Exactly. And secondly, this good officiating crew, James Carter and his crew, totally whiffed on officiating the fight that they did have. Not a brawl. The pushing and shoving. You know why? Because with replay, after reviewing the replay, 
And with centralized replay in Birmingham, they ejected the wrong players and came back the next week and said, we threw out the wrong guys. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, maybe they are good, but they whiffed in that game. We can go back and review it, and we still threw out the wrong players. Now, explain that to me. You can't. Can't explain it. <laughs> Walton says that a real brawl is the Pirates and the Reds. Absolutely. That guy for the Reds ran full speed of 4640 in the direction of the opposing dugout. Off the mound. He charged. You know how batters charge the mound? The pitcher on the mound charged the opponent's dugout. I have <laughs> never seen anything like it. It was fantastic is what it was. And landed not one punch. Nobody landed one. It's like a it's like a cheap Western movie. Shots fired all over the place and nobody hit anything. <laughs> uh, all right, Chase on the text line says, I haven't gotten my daily dose of the sonic boom. Oh, yeah? Is that so? Don't back up now, Chase. Roll your windows down. If it's too loud, you can't stand the heat. Get out in the kitchen. The sonic boom, roll it down, turn it up. So everybody. High school football tonight around the state of Mississippi. You bet. Pearl versus Clinton. Yazoo County at Kosciuszko. Taylorsville and Scott Central are going to square off tonight. And Murrah plays uh, Wingfield. Dad, gummit, that gets me going. Tish County's at uh, TCPS. It's Tupelo Christian Prep. Lloyd Star at Mount Olive. The home of Air McNair. Mount Olive. Yep, so just a few of the games. Big game tonight on a Thursday to kick off the season. Pearl versus Clinton. And uh, let's see here. Yes, to the unnamed texture. The 97 Egg Bowl was a brawl. Yes, I believe that was more of a brawl than what you had last year. That was pregame. Last year was during the game. Boo Shaker says, uh, seems I hear that two-year-old call discussed more than a few times on your show. Today? Not today. Not if you listen to the show. I don't listen to your entire program. Well, that's your fault. But <laughs> once or twice might be coincidental. But any more than that, well, yes, harping. Boo Shaker, buddy. I can't help you. I, I'm going to assume you're guy. I can't help you because none of that's accurate. It has not been discussed more than once today. Today. And uh, you just kind of justify the tweet or the text from a little bit ago. And it's okay to be wrong, to be mistaken, to make a mistake, to, you know, I don't know, get your feathers ruffled and say something that's out of line. I, I've done it before. But so now's the time to just stop and accept it. Bulldog Blitz. Pretty sure that pitcher landed that initial flying hook, and he may have. I might have to go back and look. Pat says a real brawl was East Mississippi and Moorhead a couple of years ago. Come on, frat boy, you want to go? <laughs> What's that from, Roger? I don't even remember. <laughs> Hit it again. Right, let me hear that one more time. Come on, frat boy, you want to go? 
Roger, I am not joking you. This is all facts. Saw it with my own eyes. I was at an Ole Miss game with my wife several years ago on an open date for Mississippi State. She was being honored. They were having a reunion for past homecoming queens, and I went with her. During the pregame in the Grove, they were tailgating. And right next to them, there was a tree. This was a small one. And two guys, they looked like they were about 18, 19 years old. But they were dressed like college freshmen for a football game. They had on the khakis and the coat and tie. Right? You know what I'm talking about. How they dress. That's the required deal if you're a freshman. Well, but I'm saying like they look like, you know, like frat boys, you know, fraternity kids that had to dress up for the game. But there were these two kids, and there was a girl. And the two kids were fighting, if you want to call it that, wrestling each other around and fighting and stuff, and their feet were slipping in pine straw. And the girl was standing there telling them to quit. I watched the whole thing, and, the, and one of them, they backed off, and their hair was must. And one of them said to the other, Stop it, Ty, or I'm telling Mom. <laughs> I witnessed it, and and never in my life have I been more disappointed that I didn't film something, that I didn't get my phone out quick enough. So they were siblings. <laughs> Both of them had on blazers with these little stickers on, you know, like they're going to the game, like like they're maybe in a fraternity, you know. And and the female, the the girl, she looked to me like a college student, you know, dressed like one and had what I assumed was an alcoholic drink in her hand. And she told him to stop. And they fussed around, pushed and shoved and swung and missed. And then they backed off. And and he said, stop it, Tyra. I'm telling mom. <laughs> it was the best thing ever. Very emasculating. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know. Anyway. <clears throat> <laughs> and then somebody on uh, the 97 Egg Bowl says, uh, Matt, you promise you didn't throw any punches? No, I didn't. I was away from all of it. And, it. and it was over quick. That's the thing, you know, people remember, have these images of somebody punching somebody in a pregame football fight, but it all is over real real fast. Jason on the uh, tweeter says, Harping equals Ole Miss fans every time another school buys a recruit a lunch from McDonald's. They harp on it? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, there you go. Look, hour number two is coming up. And not harping, but Harbaugh, that's best I got, segue, is in the news for something he said in a book. I didn't even know there was a Jim Harbaugh book available. I'm going to mention it to you and tell you why it's silly what he said. (laughs) But it is entertaining. I'm not sure. Hairball. Hairball, yeah. I'm not sure there's anything more entertaining than a frustrated Jim Harbaugh. And he's uh, frustrated, all right. Tell you what that is as we start hour number two here on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.